Tessa Bailey has a brand new surprise release just in time for Valentine's Day. It's called The Sweetest Fix. An all-new sizzling romantic comedy from New York Times best-selling author Tessa Bailey. Reese dreams of seeing her name in lights on Broadway, but so far she's only graced the used car parking lots of rural Wisconsin. With her window of opportunity shrinking fast, a miracle happens. She wins an audition with Bernard Bexley, Broadway's most respected dance choreographer. When disaster strikes and Reese misses the audition, she has to find another way in front of Bernard, otherwise face the disappointment back home. Following the sage advice of a Times Square Pikachu, Reese seeks out Bernard's son, prepared to beg for his aid, never expecting mega sparks to fly between her and the gentle giant Baker. With Reese's heart now involved, she refuses to use Leo to her advantage and tries to walk away before her ulterior motives are exposed but gravity continues to draw them back together until it's impossible to stay apart. But Reese's lie of omission can only stay buried for so long. When Leo finds out how the relationship started, will Reese keep her ultimate role as Leo's leading lady, or will a curtain fall on the real-life fairy tale? Grab the sweetest fix. It's brand new from Tessa Bailey. Surprise release. Like I said, just in time for Valentine's Day. Go grab it, ladies, right now. Prince Charming, a Cinderella novel by Kay Webster. Winston Constantine is no Prince Charming. I crave him so badly I think I might be losing my mind. He's right in front of me, but he's just as remote as my dreams of getting away from my stepbrothers. I keep playing his twisted games, and I want to stay just as distant as he is, but I can't. I never could. I've fallen for him. Hopelessly, irrevocably, But Winston isn't a lover. He's a business venture. A way for me to pay for college. Take it out. He's never pretended to be anything other than that. I can't blame him for making me fall in love. There can be no happily ever after between a maid and a prince. No matter what the stories say. Grab Prince Charming, a Cinderella novel by Kay Webster. It's out today. Welcome back to another week of Read Me Romance. What's up, lady listeners? We're back at it again. Did you miss us? We missed you. I don't actually <laughs> feel like it's been that long since we've been gone, but maybe it's because it hasn't been like work a normal work weeks or something. Yeah. Time has no meaning right now. Can I say that? Like, yeah, I guess that's it true. It seriously does. My kids went back to uh, school this week, and it actually felt like... The first day of school, because it had been so long. I mean, it was since the beginning of December that they've been out. So, and it and for a second, I was like, oh, it'll be kind of, you know, sad that we're, we won't all be there. And then I blinked and that feeling went away. And I was like, I even texted you this morning and I said, this is the first time nobody's at home. My husband's at work. My kids are at school. I was like, I'm going to sit here for an hour. I'm just going to sit here. And I played Animal Crossing for like three hours. <laughs> so, I like, I think it's because I haven't really been working that much this past, since the last time we yeah. recorded, I feel like. Because we mm-hmm. ran a little late last week from when we yeah, were recording. Yeah, it hasn't been that many days. And since we got off the podcast, I literally fell in a hole of reading. Like, oh, wow. Of rereading. Like, reading all my, I, the minute we got off, I read The Secret. 
Oh, that's right. Because I text you afterwards and you're like, I'm sorry, I was reading The Secret. I read that. I stayed up till like three or four and something in the morning. I read the whole giant book. And then I went on. I was like, what are my other favorite books? In fact, there's a book that I tried to find that I searched for probably over an hour or two and I still haven't found it. What is it? I should probably like explain the book. But the reason I didn't go in the Read Me Romance group and ask anybody if they knew what Mm -hmm. it was, because I didn't think anybody would be able to find it. Really? I don't even think it's a book that you can buy now. Oh, okay. I think the author wrote two books and then she pulled them down. So I'm like, but I should like, maybe I should tell you what the book is. And if somebody can give it to me, I'll give you like three signed Alexa Riley books. (laughs) You should do that in headquarters. You should say that in headquarters. If somebody can find me this book. Can okay. track it Maybe down. I'll do a video because I feel like I have to – I'm just going to spoil the book. Like, I'm going to tell you what oh, happens okay. in this book. And okay. then you're going to tell me that you know where it is. Because I don't want to be vague and then get a hundred things. I'm going to be yeah, very specific yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, she did this, this, and this. And oh, then, that's a good okay, idea. Okay, maybe I'll do that. So if you're hearing this, go over. I'll give you a couple things. The guy's a cop. She has a weird blood disorder. She has a traumatic past. And she's a little boopy – fun girl and he's I feel like, like the blood her. disorder I mean, would really stand out i, I know like that's yeah yeah actually when i said it, i was like oh yeah it's really yeah she has a very rare blood disorder where she has to go in often and get transfusion they I end up like working it out about this i have because the book isn't kind of horrible it's not some like crazy best thing i've ever read but for some reason it's just one that i've enjoyed i think it's yeah, like a little overdone me. like mm-hmm. a little over the top so it pops in my head randomly and i want to mm-hmm. read it so, okay. I'll I love that. that. That's a great idea. But I searched, like, through my Kindle, like, over mm-hmm. and over again. I'd gone through, and I have so many books that – and then I started, like, clicking one so it would pop up to the top and reread them. And I've just uh-huh. been, like, on this loop yeah. of rereading some of these books from, like, five and six years ago that I hadn't even thought about. And it's amazing oh. to me, a lot of authors that stopped writing. There was a shifter yeah. series that an author just was gone. I was like, what the hell? This was good. We had one that we both liked. Was it Lolita Lopez? That shifter <gasps> series, remember? She yeah. stopped writing. Yeah, yeah. And it was like she left a cliffhanger on a series and then just stopped writing. Those were and really good because God, she took, those were so – she right did the breeder when, um, ones. Well, you might be able to still get the book somewhere, but – Yeah, was, you can I still can, download I'll look them. one more get down here and I'll mm-hmm. link it up. But her books were like in that time when – what was the um, – the BDS one, the Shadowlands, was really yes. huge. And New Species, Laura Donovan, uh-huh. I would talk about, was really she huge. Mixed so it was the like two. she took – they had sex and they made these babies. Yep. And that's exactly what they were. It was amazing. <laughs> God, that's so good. So what did you think about The Secret? I loved it. I so loved what, how was I, it this, was, that was it the one I was talking about where they're in the yes, throne room? Okay, okay. I was like, I think that's it, but I couldn't remember which one. He was he reminds me a lot of sometimes of the Jessica Claire heroes where you don't the heroes don't say a lot and then you get mm-hmm. towards the end of the book and you're like, This was all here all along. He loved yeah. her from page one and you didn't realize mm-hmm. it. Like yeah. he starts talking more and you're like Boom, 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 boom. Like, oh, there it that. is. He, you know what I mean? He was, God, that's he was the five best. million steps a ahead. Silent, like that. Like a silent brooding sort of hero where he's just in the background. You know, I, I and he's really want to give. talking necessarily. And she has yeah. to tell, she's like, why, if you would have told me that, I would have not been stressing about this. <laughs> and he's like, well, I don't know. Because he never really dealt with girls in that way. Yeah. 
Well, there's that um, Mariana Zapata book, Culty, that everybody talks about. That's so, and I really want to give it a go one day. It's, you know, last year, I swear to God, it was like my year of long books. Mm-hmm. And I haven't read a long one this year yet. <laughs> I don't know if I'm scarred. I've never I read, met read somebody it. who said they didn't love that book. Yeah, that has that ha- that has read it and yep. did not obsess about it. Yep. That's not their. But I think that sort of the slow burn is that that he's very quiet, very stoic, like you know doesn't speak his mind, and it's all from her perspective. So you never know what he's thinking. So no, you not don't in even... the secret. You get his. Do what in the secret? No, no, no. In Colty. Oh, in the, I didn't know in... it was all from him. Oh, her. No, okay. I think it's for all from her perspective. So okay. I don't think you know. Like okay. anything of what he's saying, which would stress me the fuck out, it, you know? Until that all so. comes out and then you're like all the feels. Yes. I had a Kay Webster book do that to me recently, The Cold Winter I talked about, where it was like that okay. too. And I was yeah. like, and she was like, bam, bam, bam. I was like, this is one of the greatest heroes ever. <laughs> because he was like, bam, 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 building his woman up. And I was mm-hmm. like, like, he came there to make her great. I love that. I love because that he knew she would, could be, be greater than him. He was like, mm-hmm. she's going to be the greatest thing ever, like, in the world. She's and I'm going to make it happen. What's the name of that one? Cold Winter. I remember you talking about it. I have, so I finished everything that I have, like, that I've already got downloaded that was immediately that I wanted to read. I finished everything. I could go down my TBR list and pick something from it. But I have... The next book in A Court of Thorns and Roses in the Akatar series, it's A Court of Silver Flames, and it comes out February 16th, and that's a long time from now, but it's like, that book's going to be like 900 pages. I'm almost, I almost don't want to read another book until that one, because it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for that one. That, that's all I'm going to be doing is thinking about that one, the whole time I'm reading something else. Yeah. I don't know. That's a long time to go without a book, though. That's like two weeks or something. But I always like having an audio on. Like three or four times today, I had to play music. And I was like, well, this sucks. Because you know? even I was, I was reading so much that when I did have to get in the car or I went running or traveling around, mm-hmm. I actually put on clips of the new species books like my favorite parts i even know where the mm-hmm. chapters to go yeah and i would yeah. play them in the car because i was like uh-huh. i need more reading i'm reading right now yeah yeah it's i love when you get sucked into that and it's just good book after good book oh god that's the best and that was the reassurance about rereading books i haven't mm-hmm. read in yeah. so many years because then i'd mm-hmm. even see stuff i didn't remember i'm like oh god yep just so good to go back on it so my husband and I, we have been obsessed with this show lately. It's called Yellowstone. Have you watched it? It's on NBC, I think. Um, we had to download the NBC app because they moved the office to it. They took it off Netflix and they put it on the, it's called the Peacock app. And it has all the NBC shows on it. And so they have Yellowstone on there. And that one was, it's got Kevin Costner in it. And he is on a ranch. He runs a ranch in, uh, I don't know where the fuck it is. I guess out there in Yellowstone. That's not important. What is important is Kevin Costner could fucking get it. Yeah, I was okay? just thinking that when you said Kevin Costner, I was like, he's always been one that's been hot to Let me. me tell you, oh, he is a motherfucker in this show. He is a dick. And all it does is turn me on. <laughs> Every time he comes on, I'm like, yes, daddy, get mad, kill somebody, yell at your kids, be a bad motherfucker. <laughs> Like, I never knew he would be the anti-hero that I wanted. <laughs> like, 
I'm telling you, like, God, this show is so good. It's got so much drama in it. And the first season, there's three seasons that I think that are on there now. And that they might still be making more. I don't know. We're on the third season. But the first season, so much shit happens that's really dark and fucked up. But I feel like it really builds the characters. Like, you you figure out who they are and who they become. But there were several episodes I was watching it, and I was like, Jesus Christ, I can't keep watching this. Kevin Costner's a piece of shit. Like, he's the worst. And I've never seen him in a role like this. So it really fucked with my childhood. Because, you know, I loved him from Dances with Wolves. <laughs> so, you know... It was just, it was so different to watch this, but the more I watched it, the better it got, and I cannot recommend this fucking show enough. We've both been staying up so late. We were up to like 2 a.m. last night watching episodes of this because we're just like, one more, one more. I knew you were up. You've been up a little bit late lately because I'm like, I'll see, I stay up till like 2 to 3. That's just how my house is. That is not me. And I'll see something like retweeted or uh, not retweeted or reposted. I don't know how that works. Oh, yeah, on Instagram. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know how the people redo things. But yeah, I'll Uh see it. I'm like, damn, she's up late. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's because like, I'm, I'm seriously, I'm just jacked up watching this show. So it's been so fun though. Cause you know, like I said, I finished my books and, and we were kind of in the middle of watching this. And so we've just been binging it. God, it's amazing. And I just, oh God, he's so I actually fun. watched a movie I can recommend you. What? So I, I'm obsessed with horror mover, movies. Um, actually, this one, you can't watch this one. I watched one, The Autopsy of Jane Doe. That scared me. Not scared me. You told me. me you were going to watch that on the last time we yeah. talked. You said, I'm going to go watch it. Um, You, like, it didn't scare me like I have nightmares because that stuff doesn't give me nightmares for some reason. But, like, I sat up. Like, I was setting up. I was like, no. what's happening? What's happening? What's going to happen? Like, just, like, waiting. One of those. It was a fun, scary movie to watch. But... I couldn't find anything else to watch. And my husband's like, I don't know if this one's a horror movie or not, kind of. It was called The Final Girls. It was amazing. So in this, it was like a comedy kind of uh, thing. Okay. So what it is, is this girl, her mom was a famous slasher, whatever movie, and a famous slasher oh, movie. Oh, okay. Like the movies. She sucked back like, all the mov- uh, to her mom's slasher movie. Okay. And they all get sucked in, like, the cast, her little friend group, and they get sucked uh-huh. in, and they've got to survive. But she knows what's going to happen. <laughs> and it was just hilarious. It was hilarious at the same time you would jump every now and then. But it was, yeah, yeah. like, I was dying of laughter. Like a dark comedy kind of? I don't know. It's It was really funny. Like What's we it were called? Done, I'm going to write it down. It's called The Final Girls. Okay. But what I liked was all the characters kind of grew, even the ones you didn't like at the beginning. But some of the stuff is just so cliche in the horror movie. And actually, one of my favorite parts is the boy that likes her in the beginning. Like, when you sat down, the scene opens, and she's, like, with this boy, and it pans to him. And I was like, oh, he's really cute. Like, Viking kind of cute, tall. And I'm like, like, he's going to be a dick, because they're in high school. Uh So, like, he opens his mouth. And he's totally the, um, like, he likes her, and he doesn't know what to say. And I think it's because oh she's not God. Mr. Popular, and he's dated some yeah. of the popular girls, and now he's trying to, like, talk to her, and he doesn't know how to, like, he's like, she's not like the other girls. What are, like, <laughs> like, it's just That's adorable so when he tries he's to like talk to her, he's, like, bumbling over himself and finds out where she's going to be at, and he shows up, he's like, hey. Oh. he's like is this awkward she's like no her friend's like no it's great you're here but 
it was just really overall when I was done. I was like, that was really good. Okay. Even I'll like the main girl, I'm she's like, like in it and people are like, she's like, I have to die. We're already like 30% through the movie. I'm the mean girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like I would like this. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun. I was surprised when we were done. Okay, as long as I don't get afraid, I'll watch it. I don't it. think you'll get afraid, <laughs> but I enjoyed it a lot. So I posted something on Instagram earlier. I don't know if you saw it, but there was this, it's at like a wildlife show where they, there's like an animal trainer down below and they have like birds and stuff like that. And there's a couple in the audience and they bring out a bird and they're like, does anybody want to participate in the audience? And I actually did this with LB when we were in Universal. They had this animal attraction show that we went to and they did the same thing. And one of the, there was a woman in the crowd who's like jumping up, like losing her mind, like pick me, pick me. And her husband, like her guy or whatever sitting next to her is just like, okay. And like, she's like, yeah. And so the animal trainer's like, okay, you right there, like stick your arm out like this, you know, like hold your arm out to the side. And she lets the bird go, the animal trainer does, and it comes and it lands on the girl's arm. And she's like, oh, okay, you did it. You know, let's do it again. And they send the bird back. And she's like, hold up a $5 bill. And she's like, okay. And the, the bird comes and takes the money and flies off. And she's like, hold on, let me get you a receipt for that. And so she gives, she writes something down and gives it to her and sends it back to the woman. The woman, like, takes the note from the bird and holds it. And the bird flies away. And she's like, yeah, if you'll just read that for me. And she's like, reads it. She goes, well, you... And she looks, and her boyfriend is kneeling down, and she just starts sobbing. That's so And the guy has the ring, and it is, like, the best thing ever. It is so cute. Like, my face is melting. It is so cute. And I was, like, crying when I'm watching it, and I'm like, I really need to get out of the house. <laughs> No, it was so, I was like, how fucking cute. Like, he knew her well enough to know they're going to bring this bird out. She's going to lose her mind to participate because she's a joiner and I'm not. <laughs> and the woman's like, without prompting, is jumping up and down like, pick me, pick me. And the animal trainer's just like, yeah, this is going to be easy. <laughs> like, like, she didn't even have to pick her out of the audience. Like, she fucking knew. Like, I just thought, what a great setup to where, like, the guy totally knew she'd yeah. go for this. And Yours would like, be like when they do that Harry Potter thing and they do somebody to do the wand thing. Yes. <laughs> Oh my god, don't even mix those two things together. I'll just disintegrate right here in a puddle of gooey love. But I just want, I want to write a book now where the hero goes to an event or something where he knows she how she's going to react. Mm -hmm. You know, he knows like, oh, she's a joiner. She's going to be like, I want to play. I want to get in on this. And then he's going to have some elaborate... What if there's like a magician who asks for a volunteer and he knows his girl is going to like, she's going to want to join, you know, she's going to want to do this. That happened on Love After Lockout. What? Like, How? Ex there was a magician on the street and she was like, oh, let's see it. And then he's like, da, 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 da. And the other guy turns around and ends up proposing. They're actually the only couple that's like stay hard, good couple that's still on the show. That you no should. What? I said, no shit. Yeah, so like, she's, to... like, a survivor. Like, she was, like, on the streets when she was 12, and Aww. and she actually got up. She's, like, the one girl on the show that's still on the show that everybody is like, Brittany. But, yeah, yeah he okay, did that So for we her. should write their love story. <laughs> okay, well, that's all I'm saying is let's do, let's write this love story. 
about 90 Day Fiance. And also, speaking of 90 Day Fiance, how about my dad called me pissed as hell today? What did he, I was wondering, I actually thought of your dad today. What was he pissed about? He was pissed because they've moved the show to, I guess it's an app or something. I had to get the app. The old That's what he said. He's losing his fucking mind because he has to buy the, yep. is it the Discovery app or something? Yep, we have to get he, the Disney, he was Discovery like, Plus app. He was like, this is some bullshit. He was like, this is why I pay for all these different apps. And da, da, da. I mean, he's like 70. Like, of course. Or, well, but here's world. the great, I will say, is the show. we still get to see the show, but they're giving us, like, sneak peeks of stuff on the app. Yeah. So That's what he said, too. He was like, well, it's supposed to be bonus stuff. He was like, I just think it's bullshit. I just want to watch my show. <laughs> you know, he just wants to watch his stories. <laughs> so, Somebody else like, asked never... me the other day. They were like, are you going to get that Discovery Plus? I was like, I already got it. We don't have a choice. That's what he said, too. He was like, I don't have a choice. I have to get it. <laughs> and I was like, well, you could not get it. And he's like, no. <laughs> no. But he's actually, so tell deep. him There's that no I've way. gotten some of the episodes early. Oh, okay. I'll like on a that. few of my shows from um, TLC, like I've gotten a couple, some of them, they've loaded them early before they're even on the show and I can watch it right there and there's no commercials. Man, that's, that's amazing. So I it's was paid off. That. Well, I told him, I said, if you get a discovery, we'll swap logins. I said, I'll give you my Peacock login. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have not been pissed stuff. about it, actually. I've gotten some stuff yeah. I've been happy about. Okay, well, that's good. Because he was, he was coming in hot today on the phone <laughs> about having to pay for his his app on there. I so. wish I could talk to your dad about some of this stuff. <laughs> I wish you could. We're going to get on a video chat. You know, what if we had him on the podcast oh one God. episode? <laughs> we just do a 90 days. Do you know one. what? I can tell you exactly what he would do. He would set up the video and then he would be in another room because he paces when he talks like <laughs> on the phone and stuff. He won't just sit down and talk. So you just see pictures of his body going across the screen as he talked to you about this show. <laughs> You're like, well, da 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 and she did da 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 and then he just be off screen off camera somewhere in another room bitching about it <laughs> oh god i oh, know that's great so, so um, good people are so entertaining in fact like this season the terrible people are like the in-laws and oh yeah you know one might even ask why do we write all these dramatic stories <laughs> maybe because we love them <laughs> we live with them all the time <laughs> we surround ourselves with there's, it. There's, on this last episode let me show you this logic so she's come to live here. They're living on this farm. She, they're good. They have to get married in 90 days. The parents are like, you can live here, but you can't sleep in the same room. Okay. They go away for the weekend. Of course, they know what the kids are going to do. They say they know they're going to hook up. They're actually yeah. not kids. They're like 25, 26. The boy lives oh at home God. still kind of because it's on a fucking farm and they're working yeah. their asses off. Yeah. They come home and she could tell they've been in the jacuzzi and they get in trouble. She's like, the water's murky. She's like, were you guys wearing clothes? in the jacuzzi you know you're not allowed to wear clothes in the jacuzzi because i guess the fabric softer and this girl is like wait 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 we not sleep together same room but we get naked in jacuzzi <laughs> <laughs> and she's like and I the mom's like this is like, for like medical stuff like that's stuff. probably yeah. not she's like it's for medical like, stuff i'm like uh-huh. yeah it's cloudy from fabric softener sure 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 <laughs> but i was like this logic is crazy <laughs> <laughs> But oh all right. God.
Well, this week we are bringing you Tessa Bailey's book, Renaissance Man. Um, I think we told you guys last week it was the second book we aired on the podcast in the beginning. So in the very, very beginning, we had five episodes. We would play one chapter each day. So we're not doing that crazy shit anymore. And now you are getting two parts. You're getting half today and the other half you'll get this coming Thursday. So we're going to split it up and you're going to love it. So Tessa Bailey is, uh, what has she got out right now? I had it pulled up earlier. She has her pre-order up for, oh shit, it's that amazing book. Hold on. Is it the fish, the one where the girl goes yes. to the small town? I didn't know when that was coming out. I know. I want to just plug it because I have it, I have it saved on my Kindle thing. Hold on. But you can go ahead and get this book if you want the ebook as well. Right now, it's on Kindle Unlimited or 99 cents. Did she well. do epilogues for this for Renaissance Man? I, I don't think so. I don't remember her doing anything extra, and I didn't see anything extra when I pulled up the stuff for this book. I remember bitching about that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think saying. so. I think she just ended up giving the ebook away for free at one point. Yeah, you're probably right. But now it's on Amazon. You missed it. Should have been here a while ago. <laughs> Oh, it happened one summer. It's July 13th. Oh, I didn't realize this was a publisher book. Yes. That's, that's why okay. I was like, it I hasn't... don't know. Oh, awesome. So you guys can get audiobook and everything. Yes. Pre-order. And it's pre-order, the pre-order's up now. It says uh, $10.99 for the ebook, And then you can get it on Audible for, I'm sure it does the Whisper Sync on it. It doesn't have it with my pre-order for some reason. I don't know why. But yes, it happened one summer. So if you're a fan of Shit's Creek... I have not, I've watched a few episodes, but I need to go back and watch it again because everybody who reads it tells me that, that I'll love it. But it says, Tessa Bailey is back with a Shit's Creek inspired rom-com about Hollywood it girl who's cut off from her wealthy family and exiled into a small Pacific Northwest beach town where she butts heads with a surly, sexy local who thinks she doesn't belong. Which everything about this just sounds amazing to me. Well, I love <laughs> like, how whenever she talks about this book, she gets so excited and she gets yeah. this happy look on her face. Like she loved writing this. She said yeah. the hero is just perfect. Yeah, she said this was her favorite book ever. That's what she said when we talked about this before. And she said that the hero is just so steady. He's just so solid. And she's just like this flitty, like all over the place and she's like he's just she's he's so steady she kept saying that and i was just like god that sounds it good sounds so good yeah, i know that, i didn't good. realize that was so such happy. a selling point she was like he's yeah solid all the way through and i'm like yeah sounds really that, I know. good i was like everything about that i want security <laughs> and safety <laughs> in these trying times that's what we're all really after isn't it like yeah. don't throw me any curveballs in my romance right now <laughs> like just give me solid safe steady yeah. hot sex so uh yeah so go ahead and grab that it happened one summer like mel said it comes out uh july 13th so that's and i'll link now. you guys up in the show notes yeah, and we'll also link um, Tessa Bailey's other books on the podcast that she's done with us that are free that you can go listen to right now or go grab the ebooks. In fact, we'll that will also. be here too. I'm going to give you a link of all the Tessa Bailey books that have been on the podcast and you can listen to them right after this. If you want to go back and refresh, re-listen, whatever, or if this is your first time, too new, you can go listen. I think there's like four or five. 
Yeah, there's several now that are all just totally free, full-length audio books. So yep. you can go back and just scroll. We'll put the weeks up and everything like that. So if you're listening on a listening app, <laughs> just hit the details and it'll be in the show notes. Should we all send right, them so in the lesson? P- yeah, so let's play the first installment of Renaissance Man. You guys are going to fucking love this. This was probably my favorite book in season one that we did on the podcast. I fucking love this book. So I can't wait to hear it again. All right, we'll see you guys on the other side. Bye. Chapter 1 Kyle Musgrave had lived in blissful ignorance of Renaissance fairs all his life, until today. Grown men strutted past like relics from the days gone by, some in chainmail or nightly costumes, other in floppy shirts and hats of questionable origin. Kyle, who'd gone with his usual jeans and a t-shirt, was already earning stern disapproval from the weekend pass holders, their elite status proclaimed with orange plastic badges. As he moved closer to the ticket window, a group of revelers laughed their way into the entrance, each of them with a dagger secured in a scabbard at their waist. When Kyle felt the mounting tension in the man beside him, he turned and sent Jason a silent look. Yeah. Safe to say, neither one of the ex-Special Forces soldiers were thrilled about spending the day around strangers with weapons. They weren't fully capable of leaving the battleground behind on a good day, and in no way could frolicking with pretend peasants be defined as good. Naomi likes to try new things, Jason said, referring to his wife. With the fair happening right outside of Nashville, she insisted I invite you, but you didn't have to come. Nah, man, it'll be fine. Kyle responded. Besides, if I'd turned down the invitation, I would have missed seeing you with a real-life baby strapped to your chest. A gurgle brought Kyle and Jason's attention lower to the baby boy wrapped in a sling, his open mouth leaving a trail of drool on his father's t-shirt. So what's that like? Kyle asked, pointing at the squirming infant. You have a baby. I don't know if I mentioned it. Only about nine times. Pride crinkled the corners of Jason's eyes. Being a father is amazing. I'm the luckiest bastard alive. He was quiet a moment, his hand roaming up and down his son's back. Didn't think I'd be into the sling, but I'd be a wreck if he was crawling around in a place like this. Christ, it's official. I'm going to be a helicopter parent. Kyle laughed. You're a helicopter husband, too. The longer Naomi takes to get back from the bathroom, the greener you get. Noticed that, did you? Jason muttered, craning his neck around the line once again to look for his wife of just over a year. Kyle still remembered he'd witnessed them in the same room together on a visit to their home in St. Augustine. It had been like watching the future play out right there in front of him. Two people had never been more opposite or more perfectly suited. Look, Jason continued, his voice gruff and concise, as if they were preparing for battle. I'm going to have my hands full watching these two. Don't worry about me, Kyle said, waving him off. I'll find something to keep me busy. No sooner were the tickets purchased did Naomi return from the bathroom, a crown of pink flowers on her head and an excited smile on her face. Kyle shook his head at Jason's reaction to his wife's appearance, which was nothing short of man being struck by Cupid's arrow. Again. 
With heart eyes fully engaged, Jason wrapped an arm around the baby and went trudging after a skipping Naomi like a love-struck bodyguard. And Kyle watched them go, nothing short of speechless. As much as Kyle and Jason were cut from the same cloth, his friend now seemed capable of so much more. Domesticating, putting down roots and being content with a new routine. Hell, he seemed way more than content. Euphoric was a better word. Was that kind of thing possible for everyone? Was it possible for Kyle? He had been discharged from the army two years ago. Since that day, he hadn't sat still. He physically couldn't. Living in one town for longer than six months made his feet itch like crazy. Made him feel confined. In the middle of a war zone, when a man remains stationary too long, the enemy finds him. And so the need to move gripped him tight and wouldn't let go. A memory of a small window sliding open on a metal door trickled into his consciousness. Four walls tightened around him inch by inch, an untended wound in his side. No, his time as a prisoner of war was true confinement. Kyle knew that. His brain was another story. With a cough into his fist, Kyle forced himself into the flow of the crowd, careful not to step on the velvet robe of the woman walking in front of him, what the hell was he going to do for the next few hours? There was a signpost up ahead, the top arrow pointing east. This way to the joust. Joust? He'd expected flute playing and a maypole dance. Things were suddenly looking up. Kyle bought himself a beer from one of the vendors and headed east along the sawdust trail, not bothering to hurry. For all his pick-up-and-move mentality, Kyle had been raised by southern musicians in a traveling band, so he understood the fine art of taking his time. Before the age of ten, he'd seen both coasts of the United States, most of it through the back window of a converted yellow school bus while his mother sang folk songs up front. His parents had been settled in New Orleans for decades now, and as unconventional as Kyle's mother was, She'd been encouraging him to do the same since he got out of the service. He didn't have the settling gene, though. No, ma'am. In fact, the lease on his apartment was ending this week. Kyle had spent the last few days packing up and preparing to turn in the keys. Yeah, his itchy feet were signaling that his time in Nashville was coming to an end, but at least he'd stayed long enough to offer a guest room to Jason, Naomi, and the new baby. They haven't even seemed to mind the boxes. Kyle was distracted by his thoughts when a streak of pink blurred past. Dark hair wove through a kick of wind as the streak leapt off the path and went crunching through the leaves, disappearing behind a row of vendor carts. What the hell was that? Kyle murmured, catching a lingering scent of spicy coffee and herbs. Weird that the combination should be so pleasing to his senses when he drank straight milk in the mornings and the only spice he used was salt. Something about it brought him off the path, though, frowning as he followed the direction of the pink streak. A woman, the pulse thunking at the base of his neck, told Kyle that scent belonged to a woman, and he didn't like when women had cause to run and hide, ever. So walking away without getting an explanation didn't work for him. Soon as he found out why she'd been compelled to hide, he'd handle the situation and go watch the joust. When Kyle strode through the opening between two vendor stalls, he never expected to find the woman dangling over a fence, her dress caught in one of the chain links, leaving her dangling inches from the ground and cursing a blue streak. 
Twice in her life, Cameron had humiliated herself in the same prom dress. One might assume she'd become a more stable individual since she'd made out with an ice sculpture after a half gallon of peach schnapps. But it turned out, nope. Same old harebrained Cameron, just dangling from a chain-link fence at a Renaissance fair with her ass in the air. Oh God, why have you forsaken me? She wailed, attempting to twist her body and free the snagged pink chiffon. No dice. This is where she would die. When she didn't show up to witness her mother's second wedding tomorrow, investigators would comb this field and find nothing but a pathetic subscription box stylist left behind with the hero wrappers. Oh, the shame. Ma'am? A male voice approached and relief swept her. Due to the skirt of her dress covering the upper half of her body, she couldn't see the man attached, but beggars could not be choosers. You look like you could use some help. Yes, this was indeed unplanned. She twisted again, her stubborn nature prodding her to make one more attempt to be her own hero and unhook the dress. And failed, the burst of energy leaving her limp. Could you? Yes, ma'am. You're trying not to laugh, aren't you? I can tell. His booted feet came into view. Whoa, big boy ahoy. Not laughing, just... His feet shifted in the grass. It's going to take some bodily contact to get you down. I'll need to hold you while I untangle the dress so you don't faceplant once I get you free. A beat passed. Do I have the go-ahead? You can literally see my entire butt. We're past politeness. Right. She was given no time to prepare for the flexing stomach that pressed against her bare hip, or the steel arm that wrapped around her waist. A hint of warm breath caressed her naked thigh as the stranger lifted, performed some maneuver to free the chiffon, and gently flipped her over. That arm kept her steady as the blood rushed back to the southern regions of her body, and that warm breath was now bathing the crown of her head, his rapping heartbeat near her ear. It took a moment for the pink chiffon to drift back down into place, and Cameron looked up into the face of the Earth's most beautiful male. Rather than the tall, dark, and handsome she'd always thought she preferred, this man was tall, with sun-baked blonde hair and a weathered face. In other words, she'd been completely wrong about her type. Until today. Here it was. Unless... What? No. No way. She slapped a hand to the center of his monumentally broad chest and had a good laugh. Okay, when I showed up to the joust and found out I'm the prize, I kind of thought I might be dreaming. This confirms it. You are definitely a side effect of the Xanax I took last night. She reached up and tugged his dark blonde beard. Holy hell, my imagination did good. Humor danced in the fathomless blue eyes of Dream Stranger. You're awake, ma'am. This is happening. That's what you would say. His lips twitched. If I wasn't real. Exactly. Although, when she looked around at the flag-topped turrets in the distance, her confidence in the dream theory began to waver. 
Her dreams weren't usually quite so vivid. She could feel the softness of the man's cotton t-shirt under the palm of her hand, could see the individual bristles of his beard. Hypothetically, if this was real life, what would your name be? Officer Kyle Musgrave, at your service. Oh God, you are real. She pushed off his chest. I'm not that creative with names. When I fantasize, I usually give the guy a name like Bob or Chris. He threw back his head and laughed, the strong column of his throat on display in the sunlight. When he finished, Cameron remained transfixed by the twinkle left behind in his eyes. Absurdly handsome, with a sense of humor? She thought they'd discontinued men like him. And what's your name, sweetheart? He stroked a hand down his beard. In case I'm ever in the mood to fantasize. Heat slipped into her middle like silk. Since you're flirting with me, I'm taking that as a sign you liked my butt. He reared back a little. You wound me. When a woman is in distress, a gentleman doesn't take time to study her attributes. Had they gravitated closer together? God, his mouth was so beautiful when it moved. So full and sculpted and betraying his good humor. But if I had looked, knew it, I'm sure it would have been sweet and round. Perfect. He pulled his lower lip through his teeth, making a low sound she felt below her navel. If I'd looked. Goodness. Well, fine, if you want to be mysterious about it, she said, reaching out a shaking hand. I'm Cameron. Electricity raced up her arm as their palms slid together. A wrinkle formed between his brows, telling Cameron he'd felt it too. I was worried you might be running away from someone. That's why I followed you. A muscle shifted in his cheek. Do I need to put a hurting on someone, sweetheart? You can start with my future stepfather, she said without thinking, having become hypnotized by the darkening of Kyle's blue eyes. I, I mean, no, no hurting necessary. Harry is just trying to bond with me before marrying my mother tomorrow. And his idea of bonding is putting me up as the grand prize in a joust. My life is weird. So this was an escape attempt? Yes. Cheers and trumpets started in the distance. He's the king, like the actual king of the Renaissance Fair. My mother met him at a Jimmy Buffett concert. He's a fake king and a parrot head. Stop laughing. I'm sorry. Despite his apology, Kyle couldn't subdue his amusement, and Cameron found herself smiling up at him, too. All right, sweetheart. Tell me what you want to do. You need a ride home? Yes. She wanted to say yes to any kind of ride from this man. He was at least six feet two inches of solid muscle, bearded like a boss, although his facial hair didn't quite hide the cleft in his chin, and he came with manners. Not to mention the ability to make her feel sexy and safe in the space of mere minutes. It didn't take a genius to tell Kyle Musgrave was one of a kind. But if she left Harry high and dry, it would strain the relationship with her mother even more. They'd grown apart since the divorce, despite their attempt to rekindle their bond. 
Without Cameron's father's huge presence around taking up all the space, they'd had to learn to exist simply as mother and daughter. Since the divorce happened her senior year in high school, Cameron's life had been taking her in a new direction, and the time had never been there. She loved her mother, though, and wanted to support her new marriage. Oh, and wasn't she making that super obvious by running away? I have to go back to the joust, Cameron sighed. I can't ditch Harry. That would make me the world's worst stepdaughter. And I showed up to a renaissance fair in an off-the-shoulder prom dress, so I'm already at strike one. Kyle studied her with a thoughtful frown. Let me get this straight. The winner of this joust gets you as the prize? Uh-huh. Hence my superior escape attempt. She brushed the wrinkles out of her dress. Harry explained that in days of yore, the winner might be offered the maid's hand in marriage. Offensive, sure, but at least I'll only be required to go on a date with the winner. A date? Cameron hummed. Believe me, I understand your horror, Kyle. I mean, I'm essentially being pimped by my stepdad. But I've been dating online for half a decade, so I assure you, not even a wannabe knight named Todd could face me. She looked around. I mean, what constitutes a date at a renaissance fair? A funnel cake in the food court? I don't know. Kyle was beginning to look agitated. I don't like it. I don't either. She gathered the hem of her dress. Could you give me a boost over the fence so I don't go ass over tea kettle this time? Sure, Kyle muttered, grasping her around the waist and settling her on the other side of the fence without so much as a grunt. As she watched with an open mouth, he hopped over the fence with the grace of a panther. Um, stop simpering. Thank you for your help. Kyle moved closer, running intense blue eyes over her face. We'll always have this fence, she breathed dramatically. Still, he said nothing, but his hand lifted to rub a strand of her long chestnut hair between his thumb and forefinger. Kyle? Yeah, Cameron? You're so hot. I'm wildly attracted to you. But I have to go. His expression said two things. One, you're a little insane. And two, I like it. Trumpets went off nearby, prompting Cameron to break Kyle's drugging stare. She took two steps backward before he caught her hand, leading her with long strides in the direction of the arena. Come on, sweetheart. Let's go win a joust. Chapter 2 Kyle watched as Cameron and her pink prom dress began to disappear into the stance. She turned at the last second to wave, and he checked the urge to go after her. Like if he let her out of his sight, she would vanish and he wouldn't be able to find her. Relax. All Kyle had to do to see Cameron again was compete and win a joust for which he was unprepared and unregistered. What the living fuck am I doing? No idea. But he'd been all over this country and several others, fought in wars, and met people from all walks of life. And through all of it, He'd never once felt like he'd walked smack into his own timeline. Kind of like fate had been lying in wait for him while he'd been off wandering, but it had finally sprung its trap. Lord God, what a beautiful trap. 
He'd fallen in love with her ass first, truth be told. When he'd found her hanging over the side of the fence, her backside was on full display, and he'd never seen anything more tempting. Did she always match her panties to her clothing? Not that he'd paid much attention to the pink strip of her thong. It was the surrounding area that had really sucked him in. God forgive him, he'd left her hanging for an extra couple seconds because he'd been lost in such a glorious butt vortex. And then he'd seen her face. Kyle swallowed hard and began weaving his way through the crowd, praying the registration table was still open. Cameron, her big brown eyes and adorable sense of humor were not going on a date with another man, whether it took place in the food court or a five-star restaurant. So, what? That meant he was taking her on a date? Kyle slowed to a walk, the reality of the situation finally catching up with him. He didn't date. His experiences with women were congruent with how he lived his life, going where the wind and the most lucrative professional contract took him. If an opportunity presented itself with the opposite sex, he might take it, might not. But he didn't plan in advance. Hell, he wasn't even planning on living in Nashville through the end of the week. He'd already started putting out feelers for security evaluation jobs in Charlotte. Was it fair to Cameron to win this joust and take her out? They would end up in bed. If he'd driven her home instead of bringing her to the arena, he would have walked her to the door, pressed her up against it, and kissed her until she fumbled with the doorknob. The attraction between them was something he'd never encountered. It was a lot sexual, but laced between the insane chemistry, there were quieter, more personal moments that disconcerted him. Even now, Kyle could feel the strands of her hair between his fingers could hear the way she gasped as he lifted her over the fence. Her breath remained on his skin, her coffee and her herbs scent messing with his head. When Kyle came back to the present, he was standing in front of the registration table. I need to enter the joust. The woman's cheeks turned a little pink when she looked up at him. Oh, oh, well, we're closed, but I do think I'll make an exception. Relief soared through his chest. Thank you. Such a deep voice, Kyle thought he heard her say. You do realize that while the competition is called a joust, it actually consists of three events. Fucking A, of course it did. What are they? Well, we kick it off with an arm wrestling competition. The winners advance to the sword fighting round. Jesus Christ. And after the losers leave the bracket, we'll have our two jousters. She slid the entry form across the table. There will be a ten-minute break between rounds. I assume you have your own armor and equipment? Kyle smiled and lied through his teeth. Sure do, ma'am. Fifteen minutes later, Kyle stood at the end of a line of contenders preparing to enter the arena. There were eight of them total, including Kyle. And once again, he was the only son of a bitch wearing jeans. His cell phone rang for the third time in his pocket, but he didn't answer, knowing it was Jason. If he answered, he'd have to tell his friend he was competing in a renaissance fair joust, and that simply was not happening. It was bad enough he'd involved himself in a live-action Dungeons and Dragons without having a witness. When Kyle took his seat at the arm wrestling table, however, he looked up into the stands and saw Cameron. And he remembered exactly why he entered. Her. How had he forgotten the impact she had on him? His heart climbed up into his throat, the rest of the world going fuzzy. Why weren't they touching, breathing the same air, 
having fifty yards between them was offensive. The king, Cameron's future stepfather, pointed one of the other competitors out to her and she smiled, saying something back. But as soon as Harry looked away, she crossed her eyes at Kyle and stuck out her tongue. Mine. The voice in his head was new. Unexpected. Focus, he told himself. Just get through the event. Worry about the new possessive streak she'd inspired later. Like when the man across the table wasn't wearing a phony eye patch and growling at him. You all right, man? More growling. How about a little side bet? Kyle asked. The other man only stared back in confusion. I win. You let me borrow your gear for the rest of the event. Deal? Growler shrugged, then finally nodded. Good man. Competitors ready, came a voice over the loudspeaker. Elbows must remain on the table at all times. He paused for effect. Please clasp the hand of your opponent and go. Kyle pinned the back of his opponent's wrist to the table while the announcer's voice was still echoing off the walls, winning the match in a blur of strength. While the sounds of straining and grappling went on at the other tables, Kyle raised his eyebrows at the man holding the microphone. We good here? The man nodded. Kyle stood and slapped the man he'd beat on the shoulder. Leave your gear in the changing room, all right? With that, he left the competition area, giving Cameron a subtle jerk of his chin as he went. He wanted to be alone with her, now, so much that it almost seemed like a bad idea. He'd only been pacing in the deserted area behind the stand for a minute when Cameron appeared in the exit. A guttural sound built in his throat at the sight of her. Had he really only seen this girl for the first time less than an hour ago? Meeting her halfway and nudging her back against the arena wall was as natural as breathing. He flattened his hands above her head and brought their mouths close. So close that when she licked her lips, her tongue grazed him ever so slightly and flint scraped against metal in his veins. Damn, sweetheart, what's going on here? I don't know, she breathed, her eyelashes fluttering when their chests met. I'm not usually impressed by feats of manliness, but you whooped that dude like you were swatting a fly and just, like, pieced out of the whole situation. And I think, I don't know, I think I'm swooning. Is this swooning? I've got ten minutes between rounds. He pressed their foreheads together and gave her a pointed look. There are three total, by the way. Uh, sorry? He made a doubtful sound and she giggled. Have you ever been in a sword fight? No, but I was trained extensively in lightsabers as a child. Win this battle, you must, she said in a perfect Yoda voice. Jesus, this girl was so amazing it wasn't even fair. Kyle, barely restraining himself from the kiss he wanted to take. Something held him back, though. A desire to get deeper into her head, find out as much as he could before he lost himself. And he would lose himself as soon as their mouths met. They were connected by the barest of touches now, and he could already feel his hunger rising. Talk to me, Cameron. He rasped against her mouth. Who are you? I'm, um, he heard her swallow. Really into spending too much money at the drugstore. I love reading about conspiracy theories, but I don't usually believe them. Also, I love rainbows, strawberry-flavored anything, 
And I can name most songs from the 90s in one note. You know those subscription boxes women get in the mail with a bunch of new products? No. She puffed out a laugh. Well, we do. It's a whole phenomenon. And I design those boxes based on the profiles of my clients. Clothes, jewelry. Kyle nudged their hips together and she moaned. Shoes? You always get so turned on talking about shoes. God, yes. Now it was his turn to laugh. Damn, he'd never been so desperate to hear what someone would say next. You like your job? I do. I get yelled at via the internet a lot, but who doesn't these days? She bit her lip and laid her hands on his chest almost hesitantly, as if he wasn't standing there ready to die if she didn't touch him. You don't, I bet, get yelled at on the internet? Nah, he said slowly, rubbing their lips together. But I get a lot of shit from attack dogs and alarms. Damn it, you're a criminal, aren't you? She squeezed her eyes closed. How sad that I'm not even positive that's a deal breaker for me. He chuckled into her hair, nuzzling the soft strands with his nose. Not a criminal, sweetheart. I'm a former army man, special forces. I did a lot of breaking and entering when I served. Corporations pay me to breach their offices or headquarters now, find the weaknesses and tell them how to improve it. That's pretty badass. Yeah, and I can work from anywhere. The words slipped out without him realizing, but they hung there like a giant reminder of his imminent move, making him frown. What's wrong? Kyle tapped his fist on the wall above her head. My job. I like it because it keeps me moving. For some reason, he had to look away from the compelling brown eyes of hers. I don't settle in one place for long. Her expression didn't change, but the light inside of her dimmed. Yeah, I... I mean, that sounds amazing. Getting to travel all the time? They beat past. Are you going to be in Nashville for long? He hated it. The way she tried to sound casual when nothing, nothing about them felt remotely casual. Already he could feel a wedge driving itself between them, and he had no fucking clue what to do about it. The course of his life couldn't change in the matter of an afternoon, could it? That meant there was a limit to how close he could get to this girl, though, and that didn't sit right, not remotely. My lease is up. They held eye contact for long moments, getting those itchy feet again, you know? Cameron's smile didn't go any higher than her mouth. Yes, I know what you mean. When she slipped out from between Kyle and the wall, it felt like an axe dropping on his neck. For instance, I'm itching to get back to my seat. She made a face. Not really, but I needed a segue. Good luck in the next round. She turned to leave. Cameron. Yes? He curled his fingers into his palm to keep from reaching for her. Meet me out here after I win the sword fight. Her lips curved into a smile that made his heart kick into his ribs. Cocky? Kyle slowly shook his head. Just got my eyes on the prize, sweetheart. The buzzer sounded in the arena and a cheer went up, distracting him. When he turned to say goodbye, she'd already gone. He went to find a sword with a mixture of determination and foreboding in his gut. 126 Secret Lane by Ella Good, a Cherry Falls Romance. My parents name me Glory, but I'm having a hard time living up to that name. 
As a reporter, I long for a meaty, fascinating story to splash across the front page of the Cherry Hills Gazette. Sadly, I've been reduced to writing dating tips and recipes. I know there are stories here, but I haven't discovered them yet. Unless, there's this mysterious guy who bought the big house on Secret Lane. He never eats in our restaurants or shops in our grocery store or even drinks at the pub. I think he may be my story, my big break. Hope he doesn't mind a little stalking. Secret Lane guy here? Stalk away. I can't wait to lure you into my new home. A word of advice, though. Once I've got you, I plan to keep you. That's 126 Secret Lane by Ella Good, a Cherry Falls romance. Grab it now. Welcome back. Hi. I know you loved it. I know you want the rest. You're going to get it Thursday. So come back and join us then. We're going to have more good stuff to talk about and some lady listener emails and all the other shit we want to talk about until then. So Tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind. And read me romance. Read, read me romance.